0: Welcome to the Rescue Church Podcast. You are listening to a message from our Wednesday night service. Before I get started here tonight, you know, I got to tell you, it's it's really a, pr- a privilege for me to be here, um, not only just to be a part of this church since the opening days and to see it really become, I think, the most solid church I've ever been in, Amen. quite honestly. Um for many many reasons um, there's no folks who are not all in in this church um, but <clears throat> the reason why I'm gonna say it's a privilege for me to be here um, is you know I gotta tell you for, for some of the folks who know me here you know I get pretty radical um, I think maybe I've cried the most in this church I think I've screamed the most in this church Eric you got some work to do to catch up to me <laughs> Uh, but I get pretty crazy, and if the Holy Ghost is running wild, I might throw a chair or break something up in here. And um, you know what really encourages me is, uh, to be quite honest, I never really want to talk about my main job ever ever. I, I, it's the first, I, I just want to avoid it. What I get encouraged about is when I see somebody think of bit when I see someone get tapped on the shoulder by God and they start to respond. Someone who's not even a believer, and they come with complete humility. And I heard it a bunch of times yesterday. And one of my best friends came today, surprising. Put me in tears immediately. And when I see that, or I heard that last night, from multiple people, someone I haven't even talked to in about 15, 20 years, I got so lit up with the Holy Spirit, I got scared. I got bro, I'm gonna tell you, doc, I was scared. I was like, "Adam, I am so on fire with the Holy Spirit. I'm so super encouraged right now. You better call the congregation, spend all night home and pray that I get discouraged cuz somebody's going to get hurt tomorrow night." So, no joke, I was serious, I really called him late last night. I was like, we're gonna have some problems tomorrow night. Better keep it underneath the wraps. So, um, but in all, so just moving forward here, and, and there's gonna be a message uh, within the message, or maybe a message before the message, and I'm gonna tie in um, my personal experience, my personal experiences of my walk with the Lord, and what I've gone through. Um, when I'm speaking here, and I just wanna be straightforward here, um, because this is this is a place, right? We, we, this is what we do, we speak honesty, right? Yep. We speak truth, yep. you know? And sometimes yeah. the truth is painful, yeah. and sometimes yeah. the truth is really what we need to correct one another, to move us forward, to pick us up, and to move us along, yep. okay? So when I'm speaking tonight and I use the words we, or I use the words you, okay? I'm here as a guest speaker, okay? He's calling me a preacher, that's beautiful. I am a guest speaker, I'm speaking the word, okay? What I'm speaking is everything about God, okay? It's not that I'm better, for, better than you, it's not. I'm legitimately here, what moves me the most is when I see people change. So me, when I'm speaking, preaching, whatever you wanna label it tonight, I'm not only preaching, speaking to you, I'm preaching and speaking to me. This is as much for you as it is for me. And before I get started right now, one of the best practices that you can go through to really be a blessing in your life is to prepare your own message. No, straight up, just make sure you're preaching Jesus and not yourself, because I've done that a lot, and it doesn't sound too good. So, let me open up here. Hold on one moment. Okay. So uh, what we're going to talk about tonight is uh, John 4, 1 through uh, 26. We're going to sidestep for a moment into Isaiah 61. You don't need to go there yet. But what we're really talking about here is uh, the woman at the well. Okay? So just to give you a brief overview on, before we get into the scripture and the text, it's about a Samaritan Samaritan woman who meets her Messiah. Okay, so the background here is if you think about the Jews and Samaritans, they really didn't have a great relationship. Okay, they they almost really severely disliked each other. They almost hated each other. Okay, the Jews actually called them half-breeds. Okay, because of the influx of Assyrians. In fact, the Samaritans built their own temple, which was a pagan temple. okay. By the time of Christ, the Jews hated the Samaritans so much, they would go around Samaria to get to where they needed to go. So think about that. In your daily walks, in your life, in your friendships, maybe in your enemies, your avoidance, okay? Yet there is a reason Jesus had to go into Samaria not to avoid Samaria. So what Jesus is about to do in this text is about to basically sever a seven to 800-year discord grudge match between the two. Okay? Has anybody been exposed to grudge matches? Right? What comes of, what, what comes of grudge matches? Bitterness and really ultimately death. You could l- eliminate a whole lifetime of an experience with someone or an opportunity to bring God in between you two for healing for both you and the person who you're upset with because of a grudge. Just think about that. We're not about bringing in death, we're about breathing life amen. with the Holy Spirit, amen? Amen. Come on. All right, so just a couple interesting points here. So thinking about like God, right? It's so crazy. It's just so amazing. God is so brilliant. And I'm going to try to stick with what I, what we put down here and the, the, the text here, but I could really go banana land with you folks tonight. But we're not going to do that, all right? I'm already enough, all right? So God will sometimes use your neighbor, okay, or somebody from another people group to make them your neighbor or make them your blessing. Has anybody ever had something like that? Right. Okay? Jesus is broadening the term neighbor. Right? The Bible made it more important to know that she is a Samaritan woman versus give her a name. Do you see a little theme? For some of the folks who maybe you don't do a deep dive into the Bible, this happens quite frequently. Okay, So Jesus was saying, I have a desire to go to people that you avoid. I have a desire. He was unafraid. Let's look into the word desire. Okay? So I looked that up. Okay? And if you look at the word desire and tie it to theology, right, because we are speaking about the Bible here, right, that would kind of be important. Okay? Desire relates to the human will as it's the capacity of choice and action. Okay? Some feedback on desire. Your desire, and this is, Just Brett 2.0 over here. Your desire usually leads to your action. Your action is a clear indicator of where your heart is and where you're heading towards. God bless you. And sometimes, speaking straightforward because that's what we're about, over the past few years, I'll watch and observe and I see people's actions where before it made me angry, now it makes me sad. Sad because they don't even realize the opportunity that they're missing, and and the consequences, and the delay, and the cost of your life, and the lives around you, that you're gonna impact out of a stupid decision. I mean, not not like you're gonna hurt it, it's really stupid. OK, so I called Pastor Adam and I said, you know what? I feel like I need to I don't want to go off the rails here, but I need to talk about desire. So Pastor Adam gave me two verses. First one was Psalm 27, verse four. One thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire inqu- inquire, inquire. Means we, that's a, we had, oh, smart folks, smart folks in me. Mean, I like that. I, we have to go right to you. I knew, I didn't even have to look anywhere else. Right? So, whatever you are seeking after gives you direction. Desire, uh oh, here we go, can also give you deception. Second verse, Proverbs 27, verse 7. A satisfied soul loathes. Loathes means to trample on, the honeycomb. But to, but to a hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. So here, here we go. Okay? Here comes babe me to, wanted me to preach about one of my testimonies today, but I was like, it's not that kind of night. That's another night. All right? So you can be so hungry for something that you don't even know that it's bitter to your life. I'm gonna say it again. You could be so blinded by one thing, so bad that it's bitter to your life. I'm gonna give you an example right there. So when you're blinded by one thing, let's just say God's bringing an opportunity to you, right? God's not. This isn't. Most of the time, it's not tee ball. God's not gonna put the ball on the tee. You have to meet Him. You have to meet him halfway. But let's just say you're focused on a job. I need this job. Oh, I see God coming. But I really need this opportunity at work. You spend all this time, all this time focusing on work. Gotta get the job, gotta get the deal. I gotta work here, I gotta work there. Oh, I have to do this. Soon, God's opportunity fades away. You spend all that time going in another direction and you lost your opportunity. Desire, okay, the good part of desire, it can give you direction, right? What desire does not give is timing. Now, I'm gonna share with you a little story about timing. Timing is really brutal. A lot of folks who think that when, you know, they become believers with Jesus, and they're really searching the Lord, and things have been threshed somewhat. Okay? They really believe that, okay, well, I'm praying to Jesus, and I'm going to church, and I'm doing X, and I'm doing Y, but you haven't even scratched the surface of your relationship with Jesus yet and how far Jesus is going to bring you. Okay? So people... Are underneath the misconception that just because I'm going to pray for something today, Jesus is going to bless it tomorrow. It's like this isn't like when you lose a tooth as a kid and you think you're going to get a dollar bill. You know what's coming. Okay? So I'm going to give you an example. If you took my personal story and you took a clip, you know, like when you have a phone and you can clip out a story? So if you took a clip of a piece of my life during my life while coming to Rescue Church and you looked at it as a, as a video. Okay? I'm going to bring you through what that statement of desire does not give you timing. Now, I desired something really bad. My wife and I desired something really bad together. And what happens when you're a young, not young in age, but a young believer, an earlier real believer, not like, oh, I accept Jesus and like I'm just going to go back and just live my life and do me. No, I mean like a real believer. Your your thoughts aren't completely lined up because you haven't been tested. There hasn't really been a threshing yet. So you need to go through some stuff, right? But Jesus wants to be with you through that stuff. Yep. Okay. So your part is... I'm gonna make it sound simple, but this is where people fall apart. They want it so bad, then they get angry, and then they let it go, and they want Jesus to do it, and then they're mad at Jesus, okay? But here's what my story looked like. We thought we prayed about it, things were coming in a line, we were going in order, and we set off on this journey to build a family. And we first thought it was like, oh, we're praying about it, we believe it, we saw it. Did you see it or did you imagine it? Did God put it in your head or did you imagine it? And all of a sudden, strike one, strike two, strike three. Oh, now the money pressure's coming. Laying it out, laying it out, getting manipulated. Getting played. Ooh, our heart's into this. But this is what we saw. Not possible. Keep going. Then the hope. Then the almost. Then smack. Pistol whipped. Get back up. Or oh, we're moving along again. We really prayed about it. We just cried for a little bit in church. And we cried for a few weeks. Let's do it again. Smack. Stay there. Now, you're gonna stay down, you're gonna lose. You're gonna stay down, you're gonna lose. And this is the part where God's here, and this is when you dial into God. And you get up and you outreach your hand, and the problem is, is what I was battling, and what most people will battle, is they wanna believe in God, but they wanna believe in their will more than God. And you will get smoked believing in yourself. From there, we move forward, we keep moving forward. Now you go from a a place of trials to crying. Now you're just on your own floor, in your own house, while my wife's home, while she's not home. I spent, I cannot tell you how many days you wanna talk about worship, I really wanted God. And I was holding on, holding on to his garments, believing, fighting to believe, fighting to believe. This is years, years, smoked in an adoption. Bang! Pistol whipped again. Hanging on to God. Hanging on to God. Crying. On my face, I almost removed the I almost removed the the, the floors. I was like, miles would well just walk on me because I'm on my face so much. My forehead hurt and then bang, the blessing comes. The timing was there. God was gonna honor it, he aligns it. If you fail and you let go, you're gonna go around and around again. And the thing is about timing, see I told you there's gonna be messages before the message, before the message. The thing about timing is that while there's a delay, and you're hanging on, it's not that God wants to punish you. There's things in you that he sees in you, and he wants to equip. He wants to build. He wants to nurture. He wants to develop. So all the time that you think that you're losing, you're actually winning. You're winning. And in the end, then the thing that you pray for You got all of that. You got rid of that old dude. And you just got supersized. Okay, so praise God for that. All right. When you desire something, you will inquire about it. Inquiring in the Lord is an expression of intimacy. Okay, so now we're going to jump into the text. right so what we're looking at here in the book of John so who are we going to be talking about here I'll give you a hint John Jesus Samaritan woman but in the in the overall text you have to remember who was Jesus around Jesus was around disciples right sometimes they were smart sometimes not so smart kind of reminds us of us right okay so, as we open up the te- oh, as so we open up the text here, okay, I'm going to read it. We're going to go by bit by bit, um, just because so that you focus on me while I'm speaking, and I don't lose you in the text. All right. So John was one of the disciples who was following Jesus. He was also the only one out of all the sti- disciples who actually stayed with Jesus as they went through Samaria, while the other disciples left. To go to lunch that would drive me crazy just telling you straight up i would lose my mind okay so the point is here and john saw it as you stay close to to jesus you'll see more your eyes will be opened that's right this isn't just happening to john you go on mission trips you will see things that will break your heart your heart will be open I couldn't even imagine my life without ever going on mission trips with adam like you can't even replace that in my whole life i won't even, it's not not even up for for a challenge here okay so great leaders also have the courage to go to let go of the familiar right so we talked about you can either go around samaria or you can go through samaria okay This is also very important when you think about the body of the church. Right? You have a a lot of folks, I'm not saying this church, we don't do that. We're we're out there, you know, every week and we're very active in the community outside this church. But there's you have to be careful of Christians and I think that some folks get involved in this and they go where it's familiar. It's like where there's other like saved folks. We're about creating disciples, and expanding the kingdom. It's going to be kind of hard to expand the kingdom if you're just inside the walls of the kingdom, right? we got to go out there, okay? So John, So let's go to uh, John 4. i want to read 1 through 7. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea, departed again to Galilee, but he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of the, of, of the ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, uh, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well, and it was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water and said to her, give me a drink. Okay, so we look at verse seven, and what do we notice? We talk about it's he's coming to, to upon a well, right? He he has a direction. He has a motivation, right? We're not going to 7-Eleven. We're not going to go pick up a slice of pizza. We're going to the well, right? And it's the sixth hour. Sixth hour is the middle of the day. It's pretty hot. Okay. When we were in Africa, folks are getting water early in the morning to avoid the heat, and late in the afternoon, almost at night, walking tons of miles. She's, this woman, this Samaritan woman, is there at noon, okay? So he initiated contact first. He didn't isolate himself from the quote-unquote undesirables. He was, I love these words. I love these words. Outside of accountability, these, these might be my favorite words. He was intentional and strategic, okay? When I think about intentional and strategic, I have to just take a side step out of the text for one second. I was looking at a picture today that I felt was so powerful. I saw the women of our church. I mean, a lot of women. This is like, and this isn't like everybody's just rolling in the dough. Like mission trips are tough. Sometimes they can, they can really break someone, sometimes they, people aren't going on their own vacations. Like this is their only time, they're taking time off of work. It's, it's a stress, it's a push. And I'm watching the biggest group of girls maybe I've ever seen, okay? Maybe I need to get out a little bit more. But on a mission trip together, like not from all over the country. like from one church together. Like, no stress. They were intentional about it. It's not like, oh, I don't think I can go. They're like, oh, we're going. And I was like, you know what? That's a definition of intentional. It's not excuses, oh, I can't, oh, the money, and I'm not putting down the money thing. I get it, okay? But that was all in for Jesus. So I just have to say that And that was another piece of encouragement just coming here today. Getting back to the text, so the symbolism of the well, the first thing that basically the Jews and Samaritan had in in common was was thirst, right? The well is also a common meeting place based on need, right? So if you also think about wells, they were in like the the center of a city. So it almost becomes a meeting place where people would start their days. So you had shepherds, Sheep needed it, paupers needed it, everybody needed it. Okay, she went. The Samaritan woman went at noon when there's nobody at the well. She went when there is nobody at the well because she carried shame, she carried guilt, and regret. And where's Jesus? Right front and center. There's nothing that you can do that Jesus doesn't wanna be a part of. Shame, regret, guilt, that's not from Jesus. If you're feeling that, you really need to get, let that loose immediately. That's, that's voices in your head, that's demonic talk. I'm not trying to sound like a crazy person here, but God really wants to move in that place and, and move that out, kick it right out. Timberland boots on, get out of the house. Verse 8, so for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is uh, who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So Jesus arouses conversation by making her thirsty for more than water. Okay. As we continue here, sir, you have nothing to draw with you, and the well is deep. Where then do you ha- where where then do you get the living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Verse thirteen. Jesus answered and said, Whoever drinks of this water will will thirst again. You getting that? Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give them will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water spring up into everlasting life. So what's going on here is that Jesus is about the exchange. Before I got into the text, I started talking to you about in your hardship, right? He wants, he's about the exchange. In exchange, usually you step forward, someone meets you, there's an exchange, your hand is out and the other person's hand is out, right? In order for me to exchange with you, right? I move forward. For you to exchange with me, you have to extend out your hand and take a step. If you don't take a step and you don't extend your hand, there's no exchange. What's really frustrating for me as a person, and this is one thing I wanna apologize for, is because I can be misunderstood. And sometimes I have to ask God for forgiveness for the way that I speak, because I really want, the only really reason why I'm here is, selfishly for me, because I'm literally preaching to myself as I'm preaching to you, I really want this so bad for you. And once you get it once, this isn't like it's going away, you know? But the stronger that you get in your life, Things multiply and magnitude. And glory and grace comes upon your life. Right. You know? And, and, and there's nothing against the women. But I really want it for the men first. The really reason why I want it for the men first? No, this isn't a sexist thing. It's true. It's true. This is a biblical thing. Because it's so important for the men to lead. If you look at the yoke of a marriage in a Bible... It talks about the responsibilities of the woman, a godly woman in a marriage, and the responsibilities of a man in the marriage. Yep. And there's a lot of respect in lifting up and, and, and guiding that the woman does for the man. The woman is super, <laughs> thank God for the women. Amen. But when a man lacks, yep. and a man doesn't lead properly, it disrupts the whole foundation. It disrupts the marriage. Yep, it also creates discord and disrespect from the woman to the man and also to the children. Yep, so when I see something, and I might say something a little hard, like, like nightstick hard, I don't mean to come out like that. I, inside, I really want to cry, quite honestly, because I want it more for you than probably you even want it for you because i 've been there i 've messed up i 've lost the game i 've lost it again, screwed up again, messed up ten times over wasn 't getting it. get mad, get mad at myself, oh, let me bug out this is that 's really going to help it 's like pouring gasoline on a fire, and i'm listen, when I go, I go, and thank God I have Jesus now because that 's good for a lot of folks. Let me just tell you that so So I just wanted to kind of talk to you about that. I want to go to Isaiah and just for a minute and talk to you about this exchange and really how serious God is about the exchange. This isn't like a business deal for you. Okay. So if we go to 61, three, right. To console those who mourn in Zion, he wants to give them beauty for ashes, The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Now, I can't even tell you how many times I've read that and I cried because I spent many, many days with a real heavy heart feeling all alone. That they may be called trees of righteousness and the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. If we look at, you know, If we continue on with the text in verse 15 the woman said to him sir give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw Jesus said to her go call your husband and come here pay attention the woman answered said I have no husband Well, now we're getting into it Jesus said to her you have said I have no husband for you have had five husbands you know this is when the pistol whipping comes it's not fun So, I felt it. Trust me, I've had it. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband, and that you spoke truly. So, looking at the text here, focusing on verse 16 and 17, Jesus said, go call your husband and come here. The woman responded and said, I have no husband. Did you you guys actually feel that? Like, that hurts. What God's really doing here and what he does in our life if we're not getting it and, and you're, you're in the circumference of like trying, if you're not getting it, he's going to do this. So he's going to take this chair. Okay. Probably going to jack up the camera view, but you're going to have to deal with that. So, <clears throat> so if you're in the circumference of having a conversation with God, Okay, and you're, you're distracted, you're, maybe you're picking your nose, you're looking at the, the birds flying by, you're focused on what just popped off on of Nike.com, you're looking at Neiman Marcus, I don't know what you guys focus on, right? But it's not, maybe you're not totally clued in. And you're going through some pain, and you're not doing well because you're procrastinating working through it. I promise you. You're better off. There's a lot of tough folks in here. Deal with the pain. Work with it through Jesus. And get healed immediately. There's nothing that you should feel shame of. Ever. 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 I, sometimes it bothers me when people like, like overly apologize. I'm like, brother, I'm going to tell you one last time. Dude, we're already moving beyond that. It's not me, man. Just work it out with God. He already wants to move. He's moved past it. He wants to get down to the serious stuff. So the more you do that, now Jesus starts taking away your distractions, and then the real pain starts coming. Then he brings your chair in like this, and now he's in your face like this. And now you're going to look at me. And now there's going to be no distractions. Because now you've been avoiding this. And now we're going to deal with this right now. So, I don't know how to show you any other way by grabbing your body and bringing it up here. And that's going to get pretty uncomfortable for folks. And someone will definitely file a charge. And it's, it's too late for that for tonight. <coughs> Maybe I get out by tomorrow. New blue laws. So, anyway. Or bail laws, whatever the bail form. Terrible. That's a whole nother story, another topic. All right. So when we when we look at this text here, okay, Jesus knew that he could only take it so far, far enough just to make her just the right appetite to hang in with God. Right? She said she has five husbands. Okay. We know that that's for for someone to even say that. You know, I mean, let alone I wouldn't want to say husbands. I wouldn't want to say five wives right that's a hard thing to even deal with now yep. imagine it back then that's right. okay so in the culture back then, women weren't even allowed to divorce right she's not perfect she's a sinner and she's been sin- she's been sinned against okay as we know what I just gave you an example of Jesus doesn't allow her to get distracted right he wouldn't al- he wouldn't allow her to divor- to divert the focus from the real issue so do you ever... Let me, let me ask you a question here. Do you ever feel that, that friction in your life when you, you know that there's something wrong and you're covering it up with busyness and, and, and other things that you want, you want to focus on, so you're, you're kind of avoiding it, but then God's already brought you through so much He's, he's done with the games, right? And then you break. And you come to that point. It doesn't have to be that hard. Deal with it earlier on. Yep. And you move forward. Yep. And God will bless it. Yep. Come on. Amen. Okay? So what God really wants here, he wants, to, he, wants to, he, wants to, he wants your quench. Okay? If you look at the body... And there might be some jokes here around the, the water intake. Clearly, everybody uses 12 ounces. Go on a mission trip with me. I'll drink a five-gallon jug. I'll walk around with it. Like, I'm going to have some water. I am not going to run out of water. I put pastor through a lot of pain. But Isaac went through a lot of pain. But we always have water. <laughs> right? <clears throat> so you'll never thirst on a trip. I promise you that. Right? But your body is made up of water. You thirst for what you are. He thirsts for us like we thirst for water. We suffer, not because God is forgetting about us, but it's because we don't wanna give God our undivided attention, and we don't wanna deal with the issue. When you deal with your issue, you don't need to make it an Instagram issue and pull your followers. Quite honestly, none of your friends matter. I don't matter. I don't matter. Your issue is between yourself and the Lord. You can come to me all you want. You can come to pastor all you want. You can go to the doc, And it's, they can't do it for you. You, ha- you, have to, you have to handle this yourself. Okay? God will shut down all your doors, close down all your opportunities until he finds you. Until he gets your quench. You want to make a bet? I'm living proof of that. He will shut down your finances to get your attention. Because he is thirsty for what your soul will give him. If we could just focus on him. He's the all-knowing God. And he's always looking for you. I can't tell you the days. Even in the office in the city. It's pretty embarrassing. Like when you're such a crazy guy, I used to be called like the office linebacker, every gladiator name, my nickname, is store, every crazy nickname you could think of. And I would walk around the hall, i make a right turn, and it would be like, bam! And Jesus would put something in my heart so direct, I felt like it was a drone strike. And the tears would come down my face, and I have to figure out like, how do I get rid of these tears by the time I hit that next corner? when i was home it was over done floor living room done floor office buckets it's crying in buckets it's painful but that's he doesn't want you to cry he wants you to he wants you to come to him that's right come on if you look in genesis right first chapter of the bible who is he looking for adam Says Adam, where are you? We're in the Book of John, and he's still seeking you. Yep. Verse twenty. I promise you, we're wrapping up here soon. <clears throat> Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and the, and you Jews say that the, in Jerusalem is a place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, "Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father." You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and the and the time is now. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and truth for the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. So the hour is coming and now is. He is just shifted the season to now. Now. Now gets real serious for a lot of folks. And you feel now. Okay? He had to say this because he is our sacrificial lamb. And they that, they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Yes. Amen. Come on. Can I just tell you something? <clears throat> Personal feelings. Okay? People can worship, clap their hands, go crazy, raise flags, we see people running in place online, listen, I like it, I get a kick out of it, I'm down with it. But, okay, that doesn't make you a real worshiper. Yep. It doesn't. A lot, of, a lot of those folks, they're all about that, and then when the sermon comes, it's like they're falling asleep. It's like, what just, what, what happened here? It's like, all right? So he wants your true Intimacy. He wants your honesty. He wants you to be genuine. He wants you to show him and not tell him. That's why it doesn't matter. you, You need to be forthright with him. Humility comes when everything that you felt before made you feel great, when inside you were really dying a slow death. He wants you to just come to him. And I promise you it will not be the same after that. Our God is a spirit, so we must get into a place where we we commune with God in spirit and truth. Verse 24, what is he seeking at the woman at the well that she didn't give him? He's seeking a worshiper. He's not looking for a one-time event. That's not going to go well. This this whole process of, oh, I'm I'm going through such a hard time right now. Boo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Crying, crying, crying. I just need this. I need a bonus check. Oh, if I don't have this much, I'm gonna die, please. Uh, whatever you're crying, whatever it is. I need a rent payment. I need a payment for my mortgage. I need, a, I need to be able to get out on this flight so I can enjoy my vacation. Please, 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 please no. And then it's over. And then if you get blessed, what happens is it's like, you become like a part-time player. He's not looking for a part-time player. You're gonna, you're gonna get smoked if you're gonna live life like that. It's not fun. I'm not repeating my years, I promise you that. So I'm trying to help you here, okay? He's not seeking more church for you. This isn't like, hey, we're gonna keep stats here, which sometimes we know anyway, but you know, Adam came to church Monday, you know, this, month, this Sunday, that Sunday, this Wednesday, that one. You get a gold star! He's not seeking more church. He's seeking real humility, genuine, and intimacy with Him. He's not seeking our selfish ambitions, right? And you see this a lot. It's sad. You see it in other countries. We just saw it in Haiti. He's not seeking, you know, folks will go to church. I'm like well, I'm gonna step into this church and I'm gonna learn so much, and I'll tell you, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and start my own church, yep. and and you know what happens? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, no, oh. oh. no, it's it's not good, and it, it historically and consistently fails. Have you ever been alone walking somewhere and glory to God just hits you, that that your Definitely tears just Hit you in the face and you just can't stop. Yeah. Yep. Someone gave me that encounter last night. I reached out to Adam. I, I was crying. I was crying because I felt it. And I, and, I, and I know this man and I, I love this guy. I, he's a great dude. But he came out straight up said, I need God, I need God bad. You know? I was like, you can, you can have God, brother. Like, that's all you need to do. You don't need to earn God. God, God, it costs God life for you. He already, I'm already getting chills. He already did it. He already did it. You don't have to pay, you don't have to earn, you don't have to fake it. You don't have to be a certain caliber. This isn't like you're trying out for a baseball team and like, oh, I hope I make the All-American team. No, you don't have to be a certain caliber. You know when God, God loves, you know what the most, and this is going to sound a little crazy. When you go through a trial, you go through, I don't know. I'm not going to bring up topics here because i to let you guys think about it for yourself. When you go through something really, really, really rough, you should actually be thanking God. See how sick that sounds? For that. Because let me tell you something. When I gave you that little reel of my life without getting real specifics on here, because I need to to get approval by my wife who just went to the bathroom. Uh, In that reel, there was a period of famine. And that was real. Pastor Adam knows all about that. Even my best buddy back there. But you know what's in a famine? It's pursuit. There's promise. There's Jesus. And there's glory coming. God is working. You know, what I think is actually scarier is that when things are going well. Right? Think about when, things learn, when people learn. When people learn, you, 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 you thank God and you praise God for all of your hard times. You thank him. That's when God is moving. He's making building blocks in your life. God is looking to make a house call on your life. Have that personal time with him. So in closing, I'm just gonna read this last piece here. The woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said, Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am He. The Father is searching for you. He is searching for you how you used to love Him and the tension you used to give Him. When you're going through your pain, stop making an idol out of your pain. Don't put, the, don't put your pain on the pedestal. Take it down, kick it out of the house, go to God immediately. Watch. Watch what happens in your life and watch what happens in your family, your spouses, your children. It's going to be like someone repainted your whole picture. So I just want to thank you for giving me the opportunity tonight to speak to all you. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Rescue Church podcast. We would love to see you in person. For more information, visit rescuechurch.tv slash invite.